Hey, everybody. Uh, I am here with my good friend, Brian Schwartz. Uh, he's You're out in Jacksonville, right? I am, yeah. Technically, Jacksonville. It's a little bit further south from Ponte Vedra. It's a delightful community. <laughs> For those of you who don't know Brian, you should know him. Google him. Uh, he's all over Instagram and YouTube. He is, uh, first of all, like I said earlier, good friend. Um, 1995 second round pick, right? Draft? Something Dude, like that? I'm not impressive. a football guy. As much as you don't like football, that's impressive. Yeah, Dude, yeah, I, 1995. I, uh, I know nothing about the game. And uh, yeah, 1995 second round draft pick. You played for the Jacksonville Jaguars for what? Seven, eight years? Eight years. Middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. Middle linebacker, you got it right. It was a little bit less, a little over five years. I wish I'd have played eight, but probably good I didn't with all the traumatic brain stuff. Yeah, well, you you dealt with some of that. That's actually kind of how we met. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I did. I got I got radically healed, man. It was it was a real miracle out in Colorado when we were living out there. We were at a conference, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember getting prayer. Bill Johnson was praying, doing an, an altar call, and I was just sitting in my seat. And uh, the fire God hit and, uh, man, radically changed, healed my brain, literally my physical brain. And, uh, since then, man, all that, that depression and, and some of those crazy, that craziness that was in my life was, was gone. It was awesome. I remember that moment really well. We met really briefly, I think, uh, through Darren Wilson, Brian was in some of uh, Darren's movies, one or two of them, which I forget, which I think one of the movies, and then we did a lot of those round table discussions so we we met very quick there and then when i went out to uh colorado to that conference to connect with you you got healed it was amazing and then it's just started a great friendship we've been all over the world together uh and uh you've spoken at our events or at least my some of my old events in uh global awakening days and i love you and your whole family how how are you guys handling this quarantine buddy uh we're, we're doing good i got my oldest daughter out she's in south africa uh what? still yeah yeah she went down there at the beginning of the year it feels called there and uh with a great you know part of our network here uh she's there serving and then the rest of us are all back here right now my other daughter from tennessee she's in tennessee she's in her second year of law school came back and then we've got these four boys and and it's uh we're built for this will we've homeschooled all these years man quarantine <laughs> The Schwartzes are ready for the quarantine whenever it hits. There's, I've been thinking about you guys so much because you have at least 14 children. Uh, and no, you, you're, like you're a prolific father. And uh, <laughs> I've been called a prolific breeder, Will. There's a big difference. <laughs> I, think, I think they go hand in hand. You have, <laughs> they do. How many, tell, tell us how many kids you got. We do. We have seven. We have three girls and four boys, uh, ages 23 down to 11. And then Diane and I have been married for 25 years, and that's crazy. It's it's just been an amazing many years here. Now, it's been a little while since I've seen your oldest boy. Uh, I think when, when the last time I saw him, he was about up to my shoulder, maybe a little bit more. I think he was probably eight at that time. No, I'm just you. You, you, <laughs> you guys are a hearty stock, uh, but I just saw a video of him. I don't even know what the. I'm not a weightlifter. Yeah, uh, but he looks like he's gone to about six six, and he was squatting something like what five hundred pounds. It wasn't quite five hundred pounds, but the dude's seventeen. He's bigger than I was in college. He, I'm looking up to him now. He's six four, 
weighs about 245 <laughs> and it just he's he's been bred for this sport man he, he loves football and uh, he's a great kid man loves jesus and it's been pretty cool to see you know just his progression all the all the kids man you know if you try to ra- you raise them up the best you can create that environment and uh, what what's really cool is to see each of them the bible says train them up in the way they should go like each of them have their different ways, but it's been really cool to, to be a part of that development in them. And yeah, he's, he's a beast, dude. He's throwing up more weight than, than I was. I wasn't even lifting at 17. Joker's strong, but it's, it's fun, man. It's fun to be with these guys in quarantine. He's we're loving it, man. We get to work out together, hang together and get on a bunch of zoom calls and Skype calls. I love it. So are you going to let him play football knowing what you know about the sport and your injuries and all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. We, he already has, uh, he, he plays, played the last two years. Um, you know, the techniques are, are changing. The game is definitely changing. Uh, it's all about proper technique. Uh, of course, with any sport, especially a contact sport like football, there's always risk. We, we prayerfully considered it, especially, you know, Diane lived through it being the wife of somebody that went through it. And then now a mom and for her to have a piece about it, we knew it was the Lord. And, and so, um, and it's just one of his dreams, man. It's one of those dreams. It's pretty realistic for him. I think he could go uh, a long ways with it and we'll just see how, how it rolls out here. Who knows what sports are going to look like from this time forward. Yeah. It's, it's such a weird time. I, I, uh, interviewed, um, Diego Lima from the UFC, uh, yesterday and, okay. uh, he, he was talking a little bit about, you know, not knowing what the sport, uh, would look like going forward. Um, it's, yeah, we're living in a new season, man. It's a different, it's just a different thing. I think the same for us, right? Like the large mm-hmm. gatherings, I know that they're going to be tabled now for a few months, but, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how the church, how people respond, you know, sports, how they respond going forward. I my personally, I think that they're just going to go back to normal. Mo- most people don't like change and they have a hard mm-hmm. time changing. I think, I think things will settle back in, but, uh, yeah. What, what do you think? I mean, you go to a big church and, and yeah, you do a lot of yeah. large gatherings around the world. Yeah, it's it's uh, I I hope it doesn't stay the same. I'll just be honest with you. I, I think there's been a need for change. And yeah. that's that's having pastored for years. I, I love being able to help people grow in their development with Jesus. But I think I think this is really cool for me to see, especially in our local context and different people we're connected with. We've for the last two years been talking about how do we equip every family? How do we equip every home? Because of the priesthood, you know, the, of every believer, you know, God's original intent wasn't just for one dude to, to, to lead the whole thing. It was for a kingdom of priests. And I'm, I'm just believing, I'm hoping that, that when we do go back to larger group gatherings, that, that they serve the purpose they were meant, which is, which is testimony, encouragement, but very quickly training people to go back out. And to see the family come back into a place of wholeness, even broken families, it doesn't matter what the dynamic is, but to see, just we're, we're trying to help equip people to learn how to pray in their homes, to learn how to take communion together, to be that, that priest. You know, that's a weird term for a lot of people, but just how do you take your family and represent them before God and then represent God before your family? And so my, my heart is, honestly, I hope it does change. I, I hope. Right. Now, that could mean a lot of different things. That's kind of terrifying when you think about up, upending certain structures. But sometimes you have to see God um, mess with, you know, it's Hebrews 12. It's like he shakes, 
anything that can be shaken. Right. And it's with the intent for the eternal to be revealed. And like that stuff that's manufactured, uh, sometimes you can do it without his presence. Right. And Will, I woke up, I, was, I just got back from Europe on the 20th of March. I woke up at 3.33 in the morning and God spoke to me, Exodus 33.3. And I went over there and it's the, it, it, the passage says this, I'll keep my end of the bargain. I'll let you guys go into the land of promise, but I'm not going with you. And I was like, whoa, what are you saying, Lord? Is this for me personally? Am I in trouble? <laughs> or is this for the church? And I felt like it was kind of insight into the opportunity we have is to evaluate what what we've been doing. Is it, is it for the goodies or is it for his presence? Yeah. And I feel like the upgrade in this next season is going to be more of his presence. And and that's what Moses cried out for. He, he said, show me your ways. And I just believe this is opportunity, man. Let's God, show us your ways. Even these ancient paths that the Bible speaks of, what do these things look like? Maybe there's some stuff that needs to get uncovered again. Maybe there's some of those wells that have been clogged up that need to get unplugged. And then then he came out of that time meeting with God and, and his cry was, Lord, go with all of us. If your presence doesn't, we yeah. don't want your promise without your right. presence. And I think it's easy in gatherings and charisma and charismatic leaders. And I love I love uh, the great leaders in our, our movements, but at the end of the day, this is about seeing God's people equipped, Ephesians 4, right? Seeing them equipped for the work of ministry so we all attain that unity of the faith. And so that's just my personal hope yeah. is that it doesn't go back to normal, but I'm with you. I think there's such a status quo. Yeah, uh, we, we, we struggle with change because <laughs> change means responsibility, <laughs> and, and responsibility is not real popular sometimes. Right. I, I uh, one of the things that I've always loved about you and your wife and your family is that you, this is actually normal for you. Number one, you you've homeschooled all all of your kids, uh, and you you would constantly tell us stories of you know you go off, you travel, you speak, you come home, you line your kids up, and you you share with them the testimonies of what God's done, and and you have so many testimonies of the Holy Spirit falling in your house. Um, one of my favorites, and I, I, th- I think I was sharing with this online with somebody uh, recently, uh, was was when you, I think it was when you watched Furious Love or Holy Ghost, forgive me, I don't remember the exact uh, movie that, that it was, but, and the, and the power of God showed up in your house, there were signs and wonders in your mm-hmm. house just while you were watching that, you've always cultivated that, give some people, like, there's a lot of moms, dads watching, give us some tips uh, some of your insight on how yeah. do you cultivate his presence in your house? Because it's more than just, at least in, in your life, it's more than yeah. just a meeting or a power encounter. It's something that, that is a culture inside your house. How, like help, help us as, as we're watching, yeah. how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, well, we, we had an advantage. Diane and I got born again the same night. And so we started off together and then we had great people pour into us. And then we had our first baby two days later after we had got born again. <laughs> and so like we started our whole family, but there's hope for it's never too late and it's never too early. Right? right. And I think it is this mindset. We we developed this this mindset. Let's build a culture. Let's let's make this a lifestyle. Let's move from kind of the moments into a lifestyle, because the moments, if they don't produce a lifestyle, then the moments are kind of just spiritual goodies and feel good moments. And so we've been intentional. Deuteronomy six talks about when you wake up, talk to your children about it. When you go to bed, when you lie down, it's like all throughout the day, we figured out ways to, to not just talk about 
God, but to, to, to have real living, breathing conversations that are continuous. And sometimes we want to compartmentalize, like we think we need a worship moment and right. then we need a prayer moment. Right. And then we need a laying hands moment. No, no, no. I think there's different moments that pop up all throughout our daily lives that if we, if we learn how to cultivate his presence, like when one of the kids gets hurt, I bring the kids around and we lay hands on that little sucker, man. And we all believe God and, and we train the kids how to pray. We have them actually lay hands and say, repeat after me. And, and, and you'd be shocked. Like kids are so hungry and they're so moldable. And so it's learning how to like model something. I think we got to model it. You know, I used to hear people say, man, I pray for my wife every night. I'm like, man, Praying for your wife is awkward and hard and difficult. And so it's learning how to cooperate with each other and build the right. Every family's different. Right. Every culture's different. But I know we would always go in at nighttime too. And we would take out Psalm 91 and we would, we would literally walk through like the Psalms with the kids. We, in the mornings, this is a great time. Take out the Proverbs. There's a proverb like for each day. And we would just have the kids read five verses. The other kid read five verses. And then we'd take moments to pause and talk about it and wrestle through it and kind of chew on it. And we really felt like it was more about, about uh, giving them the right pasture. You know, shepherds lead sheep to the right pasture. Yeah. We can't make them eat, but we can provide like this culture and then modeling forgiveness and humility. Like when, when I've messed up with my kids, I don't, I don't, I, I actually literally will stop a car, pull off the side of the road and go, man, I'm so sorry. Lay hands on me, pray for me. And, and modeling is everything when it comes to this. Your kids don't need perfection. You're still their superstar. Parents are still their kids' hero. I don't right. care what anybody says. And even if we're broken as heroes, they still you can still see these moments happen. And I remember traveling back from overseas. I would actually come back into our, room, our, our home and tell them the accounts. And then I would actually lay hands on them and say, what, what, what I received from this trip, like when I was with you, I would usually receive something. And so I would come home and go, here, let me give you guys this and let them experience and taste and see, you know, a lot of that. That's a lot. I'm, I'm rambling. But no, I love I, it. I, it's, I, this Will, is what I, I love about, about you, Brian. You, you're, you, you mentioned it, man. You, there's intentionality, right? Which, which more than most, I think you, you hit it out of the park. It's, and, you, and, and you also said it's awkward, right? This isn't something that – and I love that because at least for me – we get this image of like, hey, you know, there's all these like rosy cheeks come surround it, you know, and let's pray. And they're all like, yes, daddy, I want that. You know, like my kids aren't like that. It's like pulling teeth. But but that continual like nonstop. This is who we are. This is what we do as a family. I've, yes. I've watched you do that with your kids and your wife. And it's not just you. It's your wife as well. And the unity exactly. that you guys have is so beautiful. Um, I the, just let's let me ask you a quick question, because you've been yeah. a major part of uh, in my life um, with with my marriage. Right. So, you know, all the ins and outs, ups and downs. You've been there with Moosey and, and myself through the worst seasons of our life. You've been standing with us. There's a lot of people <laughs> cooped up with their spouse. I've noticed it in my life, man, that tension comes in. You know, they're they're hanging out for weeks. I, I brought you into our last all iris gathering and you you shared a few tips, you know, just navigating marriage, navigating ministry at the same time. What would you what would you say to people who are watching this that, you know, they're they're cooped cooped up with their spouse, the Lord's saying, Hey, if you don't, 
if you don't focus on your marriage right now, it's not going to last. Or you, yeah. like, what, what would you say? How would you help people navigate that? I think it starts with your motive. Like if your motive is to be a better husband, you're going to miss it. You'll never hit that mark. Mm. If, if you look at the scriptures in Ephesians 5, which are talking about Jesus and the church, you know, husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church. Eh, I'm already, I can't do that. You, it, it, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I just mean I've learned, the, I've trying to learn. My goal is to do my best to bear his name. If I can bear his name accurately to my family, if I can represent him well and, and ask and lean into the Holy Spirit, I've changed my goal. My goal is not to be a better husband. My goal is to be a better carrier of God's name with mm. his presence. And I think that's something that is like most of our sin is not because we're just rebellious jerks. Most of it because we've never been trained and we've got weakness. <laughs> My wife would most, say it's because I'm a rebellious jerk. But anyway, that's a side. <laughs> there are moments that we can be. But I think it starts with what is my goal with my spouse? Right. Is it to get them to change? No, it's to get them to become more and more and more like Jesus. That That's not cliche. That's the truth. And there's something in each other that we're called to help pull out. And and it's it's it, but it's modeling. But I'll, I'll be honest with you. It, it's desperation. Times like this of quarantine, I got to get up early yeah. and I got to get time with Jesus. I have to spend time in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And some out there are hearing that and go, but how, what does that look like? Right. You know what it looks like for me? I'll go work out. I'll, I'll go work out. I'll, I'll pull up in my garage. I take my my written prayers. I take out a bunch of prayers that are written and I just begin to pray these prayers. And as I do that, the presence of God starts to come. And and it's not like this magical formula. For me, I have to read prayers. I have to align my spirit with the word of God. And once I start doing that, man, my mind starts catching up to what my spirit already knows. Yeah. And then, but if I don't do that, then I try to come out of that moment. And then I try to operate as a husband. I've, I've just learned I can't. Now I get, you're not gonna be able to do that every day. Right. But I believe God could build up a reservoir inside of us that is real powerful. But I think it starts with, What's my motive? My motive is to actually draw near to the Lord and try to bear his image well. And that's not easy. But if I do that, then if I reflect him well to her, then she may be reminded of who she is. And that's what the priests would do. They had a gold plate on their head, Will. I've been studying this out. And it said, set apart to the Lord. And so every time the priest walked by an Israelite, the Israelite was reminded that they are a kingdom of priests. And I feel like if we can bear his name fairly well, then then our, our spouse will see that and it will do something in her that reminds her what she who she's supposed to be. And and versus me trying to manipulate her change. Why don't we just do everything to represent him well? And then ho- and through that, we know he will convict. He will change. And it's hard because we want to put our hands on things. And sometimes the Lord himself goes, wait a minute, I'm a lot better at convicting than you are. You just do your role and and try to look like me. So that's where I've reduced it down to. Well, even since I've seen you last, I've tried to just make it so simple. I'm a, I'm a meathead dude. I need meathead theology. (laughs) Jesus, good (laughs) devil, bad. That's, 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 that's it. Dude. Uh, you, you've always, you, every time I hear you, man, I just get so stirred up. I just want to like plow through walls and just wreck wreck somebody uh yeah in a in a helmet 
you you have that same what you carried on the field you carry that in your in your normal life you carry that in your faith it's super evident uh, listen we 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 got a few minutes left here what what else are you hearing the lord say during this time i know you've been sharing a lot and i want to encourage everybody watching follow brian schwartz um what's your what's your instagram what are you using most right now it's uh i do instagram and uh, facebook live and so it, instagram is bl schwartz so at bl schwartz and then my facebook is bl schwartz 58 it's brian schwartz live and so we're doing every night will at 8 30 p.m eastern time we just have about 15 20 minutes short little exhortation then we try to dive right into prayer uh i feel like the the thing God is speaking about that as agreement, not just unity. Unity is amazing. It brings the anointing of God, but agreement, us to be able to agree together uh, in this season is super important. And I feel like God in Exodus 33, he said, I'm going take, tell the people to take off their ornaments. Yeah. Basically begin to strip away, get rid of the things that you know you can live without the stuff that maybe looks a lot more like the world than the kingdom. I love it. Right? Come on. Strip away the ornaments, he says, because here's why. I'm considering what to do. And I feel like we can sit here and project what God's doing and talk end times and do all this this stuff. But at the end of the day, it's a time of consideration. I feel like he's telling every household, consider your ways. And what that means is look at his ways, the kingdom ways, and then look at your ways. And if they don't mesh we have to change our ways. His ways are eternal. And so I, I think it's a great opportunity. I don't look at this as negative. I look at this yeah. as positive because he's giving us a divine season globally to, to as he considers what to do, let's us consider our ways and then lean in and ask for his ways. Right. And then when we come out of this time, it's, it's more about hitting the ground running and making straight paths for our feet. Hebrews 12 says, make straight paths for your feet, because if you have obstacles in your path, it's harder to run. Right. And I I just, it's real simple. And he says, look to Jesus, author, perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. And here's why he says, lay aside the weights and the sin that so easily entangles us. And this is an awesome opportunity. I feel like God's going, Hey, I'm considering what to do. That's my job. You don't worry about my job. Your job is to consider your ways and then get rid of all the crap. Well, excuse my language, but get rid of all the the Babylonian, Egyptian, this, this, this stuff that's more like the world than the kingdom. It's just time for the church to be distinct again. Not weird, but distinct. And yeah. distinct is what holiness is. Just holiness is distinction, not morality and behavior. It's being set apart. And yeah. I feel like he's given us an opportunity to set ourselves apart, consider our ways, cry out for his ways, and beg for his presence, man. I'm just crying out for his presence, Will, like never before as I lift his name up. And he's willing to come and support right now. And Moses helped him consider. And I feel like as we do that, we can, our prayers count. Every prayer yeah. counts right now. Dude, I, I well— you know this. I've I'm not a good prayer like with my family. I've never been like this. Is something we've talked about years ago in counseling with my wife. Like, you know, she's like, I just want to pray with my husband. I'm like, I love you, and I but and I pray and I love Jesus. But like, 
being intentional and praying with you is literally one of the hardest things. I don't know why it's come up like multiple times as we have, you know, got, got a uh, counseling over the years and, and we, we started the season. My phone is going nuts. Just give me two seconds. Sorry, Brian. My, we started off this season and we just said, well, you, you walked with us when we went, when Moosey went through cancer and, yes. and, and I'm, I'm handling this season the exact same way that we handle that, right? We have one opportunity to do this mm-hmm. season well and hit yes. it out of the park. And so, you know, we, my wife and I made a prayer list and Good. we're going to pray for each kid on each day. And then the movement on this day, awesome. Iris and, and, and we, we, about 90% of the time we, we, we get it done. And just that one thing I, I want to awesome, tell you, and everybody's dude. told me this and I know this, but just that one thing that's connected our hearts. First thing in the morning, it connects yeah. our hearts. First thing in the morning, it connects us in worship with the Lord. And, and we start our day in his presence and unified. And, and it's as simple as, and I don't want to over spiritualize it. And I, yeah, I know people listening. They're like, "Will you know?" People think that we just do this stuff automatically. It is hard. Totally. Like it is hard. It's hard for me to do it, but it has just laid a foundation that, that that's made this season so beautiful. And and one of the fun things has been our kids will wake up and they'll come in the bed with us while we're praying, while we're worshiping, and they'll jump in with us. And it's and so I've cool. watched I've watched my sons, my daughter. Uh, just get even more stirred up in this season, Brian. I I love you, man. We got to do this again. I For I am sure. I am not the best friend. I I have not. We we since I've since I've come out to Iris, I've been just enveloped in my world. For sure. And uh, but you have played such a major role in my life, in my marriage. I'm so happy to just share you with all of our Iris global people. I've done it. Uh, before, but man, I I want to I want to make this a more uh, reoccurring time, and and for all of you guys watching this, uh, if you want if you want to get Brian back on, you just leave a comment and let me know. Be and and even if there's specific things in your life, like hey, uh, I I want to learn about this parenting thing or how to do this, and we're gonna get you back on, Brian, and go through awesome. some of this stuff. <clears throat> I love you, man. I, I I'm just honored to be your friend. And, uh, yeah, dude, do you dude, hey, listen to me, man? I'm, I'm so pumped what you just shared. I'm so grateful. All the, the, the foundation, the prayers, the, it's just amazing. And, and I'm with you, man. It, it's not automatic. No. And I think anybody that's listening, you got to understand there's no spiritual superstars in this thing, man. He doesn't need that. Yeah. He just needs a broken and con- if you've got a broken and contrite heart, you're jacked up. You are perfect for prayer. You know, and I think that's the biggest key is just just going for it, risking risk, risk your ego, man. The ego is not that big a deal anymore. You know, we can live without that thing. Yeah. And and I, I would say, too, Will, maybe maybe start taking communion. Maybe, maybe the families, there's something about the communion. It's the deck. It's a prophetic declaration that Jesus is coming back. I, I look at communion as an act of war now not just a sacrament. It, it's, it's saying to the enemy, your countdown, your time is short. And it's reminding the rulers and authorities that our household, as for me and my house, we're the Lord's. Yeah. And I think that might be an awesome thing for, we can talk about it another point, but anything you need ever, dude, I'm, I'm here. I'm available. I love you guys. Say hi to Moosey. Say hi to everybody. And, uh, 
So great. What a privilege for me to, to be with you guys today. Will. thanks for Dude, having me. Love you, man. Give, give, give Diane a big, big squeeze for me. And, uh, I yeah, will. we'll, we'll catch, we'll catch up with you again here. Thanks for coming on Brian. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next, uh, Iris yeah. global green room quarantine edition. Come on. Brian Schwartz. Love you guys. Hey, like subscribe, do all the things you're supposed to do. Go check Brian's stuff out, follow him. And, uh, and you can get fed directly, uh, from him and his ministry. This is the time where the, where the steadfast, the steady, the like, see everything you just said. That's what you've been preaching actually for since I've known you since the day I met you, this is the time for the hidden ones to shine. You're one of them, Brian. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do this again pretty soon.